Welcome back to Bleacher Brawls, the home of the greatest rivalry in professional sports between the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. It is your Sunday night, Monday morning show. We got a small crew. We're playing no games tonight. It is just casual show tonight. My name is Pat. I'm here with John and Luke. We're going to talk all the things we normally talk. Red Sox, Yankees, what's going on with both teams. Uh, we're a couple of weeks into the season now, and we're just doing a little bit of a check-in. Uh, I'm going to start with Luke because John just disappeared. Luke, your first pitch. What's going on with you? Uh, had a nice uh, had a nice weekend. Uh, went to a trampoline park uh, today for a uh, uh, birthday of one of my uh, daughter's softball teammates. So that was an experience. I got to jump around too. There wasn't a height or a weight. Uh, restriction on it so it was uh some pretty good exercise i can't bounce nearly as much as i used to when i was a kid um but it was it i still have just as much fun doing it it's just it's just a little different when you got a, a five-year-old and a seven-year-old uh jumping around at the same time and you've got to keep one eye on them and another eye on where you're where you're landing and make sure you're not stepping on another kid uh that you don't even know uh, but it was a it was a fun day. It was a great weekend for the Red Sox. Uh, one of their best series win, maybe their best series win of the season so far. So uh, I am I am in a good mood right now. John, what's up with you? I'm doing good. It wasn't as bright of a weekend for the Yankees, obviously, but in my personal life, uh, it was a pretty good weekend. Um, I. We San Antonio has quite a few trampoline parks, so I've actually been to a couple of myself. And last time I went, I just landed, and I was okay. But just the way my knee kind of buckled, I'm like, I'm 40 years old. I'm never jumping on a trampoline again. <laughs> I don't need that torn ACL. You're 41 years old, John. That's well, not at trying the time to that. Made, that was a, yeah. I was. 40 oh, I see. Time. I see. Yeah, yeah. Now, God, no. I could 41. God, no. I hear everything. <laughs> yeah we uh we do that field trip from time to time with my middle schoolers and they're always trying to get me to you know come on and i'm just no 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 like the last thing i'm gonna do is like you know pull a hammy in front of you guys and like you know uh have to get carted out of here or something i'm good the best thing about this place is i was shocked to see when i got there that they serve alcohol so <laughs> i had a couple beers uh, well, I was there. Nobody else at the party. It's a big place. There's a lot of kids around, but there was only, it's just one of those places where there's a room for birthday parties. They give you a room the size of a prison cell, put two tables in it, and they, they bring some greasy pizza and some flat Dr. Pepper and Coke and, and water uh, uh, for the kids to enjoy. Um, and you bring in your own cake. Uh, but I, at the uh, concession area, they actually sold beer and wine. So I was like, oh, cool. So I got to have a couple of beers, which I'm sure made the, you know, help enhance the whole, the whole trampoline experience. I probably jumped for a lot longer than I would have um, if I didn't have a little um, tackling fuel in me. So uh, that was even better. I, again, that's another thing you'll find in Texas that you probably won't find in Massachusetts. I could be wrong, uh, but uh, you know, it's a, this should be the live free or die state. I think New Hampshire is, there's nothing live free or die ish about New Hampshire. Um, but uh, I think the Lone Star state should also be we should, like live free or die should be our slogan. 
The only other thing I want to add before we jump into the show is uh, the Red Sox arrive here in Baltimore tomorrow. Um, I'll be at the Monday and Tuesday games. The Wednesday game is at like 1230 on a Wednesday and I have work, so I won't be there. Uh, but if you see me around, um, say hi. And um, yeah, let's jump into it, guys. Uh, speaking of Baltimore, John. Don't expect to leave with your girlfriend uh, tomorrow <laughs> because I know Dean Kramer is starting. I know he is. He is. <laughs> yeah, I'm toast. Um, John, Baltimore, speaking of, takes over second place in the division. Yankees um, are in a tie for third right now. I guess they have the tiebreaker for whatever reason. Um, but 13 and nine, not a bad start. Uh, you know, kind of give me the state of the union. Well, the state of the union is, this is going to be a grind in the AL East this year. All these teams have, no team is going to really stand out despite what Tampa's doing right now. And we're all going to fight. We all have strengths. We all have weaknesses. It's going to be really interesting to see how, see how this AL East plays out. So for the Yankees, I mean, they're in good shape. Um, I guess it's kind of how you want to start to fin finish out April, a couple games over 500. And you got some good news today that Rodon's throwing again. Um, obviously, we're, there's going to be injury concerns there for that the length of that entire contract. Um, but Rodon's throwing again. Severino's throwing. The Yankees are going slow with Bader by their own words, where he's already started a rehab game, but they don't want to play more than a couple innings. I don't know. It's the Yankees trying to be outsmart, be the smartest people in the room and just whatever. So it's like, there's a lot of hope on the horizon right now, but in this moment, it's just, you got to grind through these next couple of weeks. till these guys hopefully start coming back. Look, I'll ask you about the Sox in a minute, but John, you mentioned Tampa Bay. Is anybody else concerned that Tampa Bay has built up this lead and now they'll just play the same baseball as everybody else, but they'll just keep this lead for the next five months because it's already too late. And it's not like they're going to like dip down and be terrible for a week. I'm, I'm going to say, no, that's not a, I, I wish I could remember what year it was. There was one year recently, like maybe 2016, 2017, uh, the Red Sox, Started out April so hot. They were scoring nine, 10 runs a game. They were just squashing everybody, even though the starting pitching wasn't doing all that well. Um, but they were just out slugging everybody. I know. So that's a different scenario than Tampa's in right now. But it's just no matter how many hot starts we see, and we've seen plenty in our lives, there's always some team that just that just starts out just on fire i remember one time when i was a kid the brewers did it like back in the robin yount and paul molitor days when they didn't have anybody else and at the end of april they were way up on everybody it's too long of a season and the gap between the best mlb teams and the not so and the not quite as good mlb teams is always it's really razor thin and the fact that the rays are 19 and 3 20 and 3 whatever they are right now just tells me that when the losing streak starts, it's, it, it's going to hit them hard. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be eight out of 10, 10 out of 12, something like that, because you can't, you can't fight city hall. You can't beat the system. This is major league baseball. This is how baseball is. You're not gonna, 
you're not going to win 125 games in a year. And the rest of the teams in the AL East are too good and they're not playing each other 19 times anymore. So the rest of the AL East is going to get to beat up on other teams, including the bad national league teams, which they used to not really get barely any games against every year. So it's uh it's intimidating to look at the Rays now and where they are right now, but it's inevitable. They're going to fall back down. I hear what you're saying, but this is a huge, I mean, obviously they're not going to, play it in you know an 870 win percentage for the rest of the year but even just 500 baseball from may on they finish with 90 wins and they're going to be at least a 500 team i mean you know so i i just feel like they've already as long as it isn't that bad as long as there isn't a 10 out of 12 like they're they're rolling but what i would say to that though is because the al east is so good and they jumped they're 19 and 3 Yet Boston is only seven and a half games behind them, which is still attainable. Like they can still come back. I mean, the Orioles, four and a half games, Blue Jays and Yankees, six. And maybe these aren't updated standings that I'm looking at in ESPN.com. But the point being, it's not, they've jumped out to a lot of wins, but because all these teams are so good, it's not like they've blown away with run away at the division. Like they would in some other divisions, you know, if they were in, you know, AL Central, they'd be up nine or ten. You know, Kansas City's five and seventeen. So they'd be blowing other team, other divisions away. It's I don't think it's going to happen in this division. And we will start playing them. Um, two of their three losses was against Toronto. So you know, and I know they swept Boston, but I don't think, expect them to sweep Boston all season long. You know, like Boston's going to come back and they're going to get their games. I think most of these teams, what's twelve games against each AL East team, right? So, I mean, in all likelihood, a lot of these it's teams 13. are going six and six or five and seven, seven and five. It's going to be close, but uh, we're going to chip away at Tampa as the season goes on. And we being collective AL East. And look at the rest of the league right now. If you, if you, you know, expand your gaze past the AL East, the Diamondbacks are still on top of the NL West. The Pirates are on top of the NL Central. The Pirates are 16 and 7, which makes me feel a whole lot better about the Red Sox being swept by them at Fenway Park. But are the Pirates that good? Are they a team that's going to finish nine games over 500? It could happen. I'd, I'd be surprised, but they're only the, the, the Rays, the, the pace the Rays have set is only what three games ahead of what the Pirates have set. So it's not, I mean, you see 19 and three, and that's really like, wow. This is, that's really, you know, striking, but it's, it's just, it's just baseball. It's just the nature of the game. I mean, 19 out of 22, it's pretty rare to start a year like that, but that's not that crazy of a, of a streak, all things considered, you know, how often does a team go win 19 out of 22? I mean, it probably happens a, a couple times a year. Yeah, to, to put it in perspective, uh, you think of the NL West as a tough division. They've got, you know, two, looks like three competitive teams this year. And the Red Sox, who are in last place in the AL East, would be in first place in the NL West right now. <laughs> Tied for first with the yeah. Diamondbacks. With the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers. And the Dodgers. <laughs> what a sentence. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, speaking of those last place, those poor, poor last place, 12 and 11 Red Sox, Luke, uh, state of the union. I think this it's, it's looking good. I mean, 12 and 11, that's not, um, 
you know, it, it's not something to write home about. But I mean, when you look at what people were saying about this team uh, at, at during spring training, at the end of spring training, when Trevor Story went down, eight games into the year, whenever that was, when Adam Duvall went down, and they, there was nobody hitting on the from the right side of the plate. It was like, I mean, people would have taken 12 and 11 and just said, oh, phew, thank God they're at least still competing. And when you look at the game like they had uh, Sunday against the Brewers, it's just, you know, look what they can do uh, and look what they have been doing lately. They beat the Twins two out of three. They beat the Brewers two out of three. They beat the Angels three out of four. They've won three. They've won every series since they got their butts whooped by Tampa. And I mean, they've lost two series the whole season. So uh, I think it's, it, the state of the union is it's they don't look like world beaters i wouldn't say they look like like championship contenders uh right now but the biggest thing right now is their starting pitchers are healthy and we now are going to be able to see a, an extended period of time knock on wood um where the pitching staff that they want the pitching staff that they want to field that they were looking to field you know as far back as the middle of 2022 is on the field right now. And those guys are going to be starting. And now we're going to actually see what this team looks like. And to, and they didn't, you know, they aren't, they didn't fall six games behind 500 to get to that point. Uh, So I think it's really encouraging. Um, You know, you look at Red Sox Twitter before this weekend, uh, it was very much doom and gloom. Um, but you know, we all know Twitter is the, the, the bastion of the reprobates and, you know, some of the worst opinions in the planet, they're all on Twitter. All of the worst opinions on the planet are all over Twitter. So, um, if you look around social media, it doesn't look so great, but when you just look at the team and what the expectations were coming into the season, I think it looks really good. And I'm always optimistic about the Red Sox. I have been for a few years now, but, uh, I'm, I'm very optimistic right now. I think that was very true today, Luke, when they, uh, when Cora said that Casas was the emergency catcher. Did you see this? I so, did see that. So Connor Wong, you know, Reese McGuire pinch hits for Connor Wong, which I always get nervous when you pinch hit for your catcher, because like, what if the second catcher goes down? What do you do? You know, like it's, it's not an easy position to back up. And I guess they thought the same thing when McGuire got clipped by that foul ball yesterday. And literally I, I don't, I, I think you said you didn't see it. He couldn't throw the ball back to Cutter Crawford. He kept just throwing it to second base. Like oh, he, I didn't see that. He like, like he, I mean, he did like three or four times in a row. And then he like retaped his hand and would do it again and just sky it over his head. And it was like, it was looking really scary for me. Of course, starts looking around, you know, and um, they say today, well, I guess it's Casas, which I think is just like rookie hazing. Like, <laughs> all right, if somebody's going to get stuck back there, it's you, you know, They're not going to make Justin Turner do it. Um, but everybody was freaking out that there aren't three catchers on the roster. How many teams have three catchers on the roster? You know? If there are more than three teams in all of Major League Baseball out of 30 that have three <laughs> catchers on the roster, then I would be shocked. And I wouldn't even count the Blue Jays because Dalton Varsho is an outfielder uh, that just happens to know how to catch. Um, I, I, no, you can't. And that's what the minor leagues are for. If they, if exactly. they need a catcher, they... They, if, if McGuire has to go on the IL, they just, they, they bring up Alvaro or 
even if it's just a little injury and Maguire is out going to be out three games, I think you still put him on the 10 day IL and you just bring Alfaro up and hope he doesn't screw up defensively too much on those couple games he's going to play. It's not that big a deal. Um, and that, I mean, not having Maguire's bat sucks because Maguire's hitting like 375 or whatever he is, but uh, you know, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's not that big a deal, but yeah, I think I hadn't thought of the hazing angle, but that I could see that because there's no Wong's just going to catch every inning unless he breaks his back or something under these scenarios. So yeah, get, get the gear on Rook. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, John, uh, back to the Yankees. Um, what would you say is the team's biggest strength so far? I want to talk a little strengths and weaknesses and, you know, you got some guys coming back from injury. These are like definitely holes you want to plug up. But in the meantime, you know, what, what, what would you say is going well? I think what I like so far about this team this season is the Yankees pitching. Uh, this team, the bats are the bats. And, you know, we've stands went down an injury and tours went cold. So it's kind of par for the course. However, the pitching, I, that's what I've been impressed with. I think that's kind of been what's helping the Yankees the most. Cole has been phenomenal this season. You know, he's off to an amazing start. Hasn't given up a home run yet. Um, going deep, not yesterday, but the last start, I believe, through a complete game, going seven innings, giving the bullpen some, uh, some relief. And Cole's just been amazing for the Yankees this season. He's been a real dominant ace. Now, Cortez, you know, I think, Again, I, people, some people really love Cortez and were like, this guy, you know, he could be like a second ace. I don't know if he's that good. There was a little hesitance on my part this season, like going going into the season, about how good Cortez really is. And he's just kept up what he's doing. You know, he's really solidifying himself as a legit major league pitcher. He wasn't just a one-year kind of fluke guy. Uh, he's really stepped into that number two role, and you have to be happy with what Cortez is doing. Uh, Johnny Brito is a rookie, and Johnny Brito has pitched three, had three really good start, starts out of four. He got rocked in one start, but again, he's a, a rookie. It was his third major league start. Overall, he's impressed me, and I think if the Yankees can get Severino and hopefully Radon back from injury, Brito's the type of guy that slides into that fifth role. Uh, Herman has had some okay games, has had some bad games, has had some good games. Smith pitched well today. I was saying, take him out of the game. I'm sitting here watching today's game. Can take him out of the game. Like he's already made it through the lineup. What twice he normally doesn't do that well. The second time through the lineup, you don't start letting him face the lineup a third time. They don't take him out of the game. He starts giving up home runs, whatever. That's a guy that'd be better off in the bullpen. And once you slide him over to the bullpen, I think it just strengthens the bullpen more though. I'm not hundred percent sure who our closer really is going to be as the season progresses right now. Uh, but all in all, I think I'm pretty happy with the pitching, and I'd say that's the overall strength. I, you know, I think today, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like today's probably a separate issue. You know, you're facing the Blue Jays, who are a good team, you know, and if there's one thing Aaron Boone does or, or has the green light to do or is told to do, whatever it is, is Sundays, Sunday afternoon games are like always punt lineup days. I mean, today, all together, Cabrera, Peraza, Higashioka, kind of Falefa, you know, I mean, even Volpe leading off, I know he's been doing that for a while, but that's a tough spot to put the rookie in, you know, like it is punt the lineup day. We lose, we lose, we'll be all right. Uh, however, what's sticking out to me in this box score, Aaron judge 244 average, 
Yeah, I mean, that's it. The pitching's the strength. The, line, the lineup went cold. The lineup started yeah. off really hot those first couple of weeks with yeah. Torres, Stanton, and Judge, and they've all kind of gone cold. So it'll happen. That's why the pitching's what's really keeping them in it right now. And those bats will come around again. You know, Torres has kind of jumped out, getting out of his slump. Judge, you know, you know, he normally doesn't slump for long. I'm sure he'll come back out of it soon. It's just, uh, you know, lineup's going a little cold right now, but the pitching has kept it in it. And that's it today. You had the punt, you had the punt lineup in, and you really kind of wasted a start out of Clark Schmidt. Because if you go to the bullpen early, which I, oh, my biggest complaint, not biggest, but I always com- complain that the Yankees go to the bullpen way too early. Like, give a guy a little bit more length. Today's the day where, like, you got what you know you can get out of Clark Schmidt. And today's the day you don't go to the lineup early. Like, God, like, they just <laughs> shoot themselves in the foot again and again. We've seen that with Cole. Like Cole is like, I'm going to pitch eight innings every game. I'm not leaving this one up to the lineup. It's all him. And he's been cooking too. Um, so Luke, oh, go ahead. Hold on. Hold on. What's it? Um, so like John, you're saying that the lineup's going to, the lineup's going to come around. And I think you're kind of taking that for granted because when you look at this lineup until Stanton comes back, it's, I mean, today, like you said, it was punt the lineup day. Who sat today? Who sat today that's normally not in the starting lineup other than um, Trevino? Well, I think Stanton, if we're not saying injured, right? Are you saying like who's on the roster right now? Yeah, I'm looking at the lineup. So today's lineup was Volpe, Judge, Rizzo, Torres, LeMahieu, Cabrera, Parraza, Higashioka, and (laughs) Ikev. Yeah, so you had Cabrera, who usually starts – was sitting and LeMahieu pinch hit. He didn't know Cabrera it. started. Cabrera didn't start. Am I? Oh, I'm looking at yesterday's lineup. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was Volpe, Judge, Rizzo, Torres, LeMahieu, Cabrera, Peraza, Higashioka, and Ekif. All right. What was today? I watched- Well, they've been starting. Well, first of all, they've been starting Cordero a lot. Yes. Uh, they've been starting. Uh, did Torres play today? Torres did. He batted cleanup. Okay. Uh, Calhoun has been in the lineup the past couple of days. I mean, it's definitely like uh, so this is the lineup, except Stan. Yeah, it really doesn't actually now that I look at it. Well, Stan Trevino and Cordero. I mean, they've been playing Frenchie every day. I mean, yeah. if you want to call Frenchie Cordero, like, anyway. well, I mean, that's that's just a, I mean, you know, well, that's, yeah, but so I, I don't think Yankee fans look at the Yankees roster and say Cordero is a starter, but it has been. Well, as yeah, a, Luke's right about that. So yes, today actually, now that I'm looking at it, like I didn't really think about the punt the lineup thing until you said that, Pat. And you're right; it usually is Sundays are punt the lineup day for the Yankees. I think it just it really feels that point. way with Stan gone. I think yeah, he yeah, just like, now, like right. It's every day is punt the lineup day, and like to their <laughs> Yankees credit, it's been working because of their pitching. So that's what I was getting at. It's like, you know, you think the lineup's going to turn around, uh, and it's just like I look at this lineup, and I mean, it's and it's just it's pretty like bottom of the barrel kind of lineup. Like you got you you got Judge and you got Lemayhew, and then you got Torres. Uh, I mean, earlier this season, it was like, yeah, Torres is back to that guy he was in 2018, but. It's just, I look at it and I'm not even trying to troll or anything right here. It just, it looks like a, a really cruddy lineup. And like, so Rodon is, Rodon coming back from injury is the big, uh, you're forgetting about Harrison Bader though. Thing that I know Harrison Bader still coming back and he's going to add to that lineup. 245 career 245. Judge Rizzo Torres LeMayhew 
or like that's four guys in the middle of your lineup. So you're forgetting. I either didn't say Rizzo or whoever, but it's Judge Rizzo, Torres, and LeMahieu. That's a solid four guys in the middle. I agree lineup. with that. You had Bader as the leadoff hitter, and then you have Cabrera batting under that, and then yeah, you're piecing together the bottom of the order after that. Um, I think it's a lot better when you're having Volpe bat ninth instead of first. Right, and I'd much rather have Volpe batting ninth, but, you know, in a couple of weeks, Bader's back, and that all that all ends. And I'm sure they'll find some kind of peace at the trade deadline. But, yeah, I don't think this is a punt lineup, lineup every day, though. I mean, I think this is, a, you know, it's they're making it work, and they have an okay lineup. I don't think it's their strength at the moment. but With their pitching, they, they're, they're making it work because of their pitching. And that, that's yeah. what I was saying. Like, Rodon is the, the guy that everyone's looking at. Like, I feel like Yankee fans are looking at, well, wait till Rodon gets here. Then you put Clark Schmidt back in the bullpen. But it's like, Rodon's not going to contribute to the offense. You know, Stanton will when he comes back. And Bader is... You know, for all you make fun of Kike Hernandez, he's a career 239 hitter or whatever. Bader's like a career 245 hitter. He he's not he doesn't hit like he hit in the playoffs last year all the time. So just you know, just just what I my my take on the my unsolicited take on the Yankees offense. Yeah, I mean I definitely agree. Um I had to like write this down because it was like getting all jumbled in my head. But I agree that a judge Rizzo Torres DJ, whatever combination of that four is like, I mean, that's a pretty solid four. There aren't a whole lot of fours better than that. I feel like um, it does seven and eight gets a little black holy. And we know that with the Red Sox lineups that we've seen the past couple of years, I mean, we've had enough uh, of the bottom three being Ploiecki, Dahlbeck and Cordero, you know, that it was just, uh, just yeah. a wasted inning, you know? <laughs> yeah. So we know of what we speak when we talk about this, having a horrible back half of the lineup. And I noticed the look at Franchi Cordero tweets from Yankee <laughs> fans are now, what happened to Franchi? Why can't we get the Franchi from a week ago? And yeah, I'm just. Well, that, we, no one believed it. We were just really like sticking <laughs> it to you guys. All right. I No one thought Franchi Cordero was going to keep up with the pace he was hitting. But for the time being, it was like, yeah, yeah let's stick it to these guys. Pretty sure he has like the same amount of like AL Player of the Week awards as he has like Triple A demotions. <laughs> Franchi Carpenter. <laughs> um, Luke, in terms of the Red Sox, you know John says the um, the rotation for the Yankees is the big plus right now, and and I would agree. This sounds so weird to say when Whitlock gets shelled yesterday and gives up five, and Bayo is building up. They they have him on a very short leash. Would you say the same thing is true about the Red Sox that right now the pitching is the big plus? No, but the pitching is looking, the starting pitching is looking a hell of a lot better this week than it did a week, uh, a week ago. The, the strength of the Red Sox has been the offense. And I haven't looked at the updated stats. I last week around this time, I think they were fourth in major league baseball uh, and run scored and that, but they haven't really, no one's they haven't all gotten cold at the same time, uh, which is, I think, as I've mentioned on previous shows, a key indicator of a good offense. They kind of take turns getting hot and they take turns leading the way. Uh, but just the offense has just been uncool offable, <laughs> really. Uh, the, the whole season, you know, Duval goes down and he was him and Devers were carrying it the first week and a half. But I mean, Verdugo and Devers haven't been at the top of the order all season long, all 20, what is it? 23 games. 
giving pop, timely hitting, and consistency at the top of the order. They hit more than anybody else, and they have been, you know, Devers hasn't been so consistent with getting hits, but he's getting, he's spacing the home runs out. He's not getting them in bunches and then doing nothing. Um, and he's playing, he, he, he made a great defensive play uh, today to start a double play, but we're talking about offense right now. Um, Kike Hernandez, the leader, John, the leader of the Boston Red Sox. He just finished it. He just had an eight game hitting streak snapped. I told everybody he was going to come around. Nobody seemed to believe me. Um, well, 32, but that's really yeah, coming around. His average <laughs> literally went up like 110 points in the last <laughs> week and a half. Reese McGuire, who just banged his hand up. Hopefully that doesn't hurt his hitting long-term, but he's hitting 361. Uh, Justin Turner starting to come around the last week and a half or so. Uh, he's up to 272 and his on-base percentage is like 375 or something. Mas- Masataki Yoshida, I can't believe it took me this long to mention him today, mostly because I made most of my notes before the game happened today. But guy is just starting to feel it started off cold. He's starting to get in tune with major league pitching. He's starting to feel comfortable, I think, but had, I think six hits this weekend against Milwaukee, maybe only five, but two home runs in one inning today, including a grand slam. Uh, I think he's getting a feel for his role on this team. And uh, he's starting, he's, I think now we're going to see him start to, to deliver the way we were expecting him to deliver a lot less uh, weak contact and I mean Jaron Jaron Duran like Jaron Duran coming from out of nowhere I think he's nine for no he was nine for 17 or seven for nine or something I don't know he's hitting like close to 500 um no I think he's hitting 390 something actually I'm sorry uh but he's been squaring balls up hitting balls hard to left field and center field he's seems like a different kind of hitter now uh he he couldn't square up anything last year and i think whatever he tweaked with his stance or whatever is i mean he's looking like a major league contributor beyond his speed which he never was before so up up uh top to bottom this lineup has been delivering all season and they've had to do it they've had to do it to get 12 wins like this because the pitching was so rough the Corey kluber starts you know that first bayo start that I mean that those first couple sales starts they've needed their offense. I knew their offense was going to rake this season. They have been so far. Uh, So, I mean, that's, that's clearly the strength. There's not really, you know, you look at a lineup, a bottom of a lineup with Duran and Wong and Chang in it. And before the season started, you would have thought, Holy Mary, they're going to get creamed, but everyone seems to be hitting the ball hard now. Uh, I'm sorry. What did ahead. you say about Verdugo? Because like, there's no way he keeps up the pace he's hitting all season. He's hitting 322. Like, it's not like he's hitting 380. And he's what a 280 hitter for career, his career. Something like that. I think yeah. right at 280 before the season started. Um, but he's. I think that a lot of that's. I Alex Cora challenged him at the end of the year last year. We need more. From, who do you who do you need more from? Uh, next year and the uh offensively alex verdugo he said it without hesitating and verdugo i mean verdugo's he's running faster now he's throwing the ball farther he's having he's squaring up more balls if you look at his baseball savant um page derek sent it to the red sox chat earlier today it's like he's in the red with 
like like uh, 10 out of 14 categories or something like that. He is just now we've seen him get hot before. I called him a pretender on the Red Sox show last week. I, I don't believe it until I've seen it for a whole season because we've seen him have great halves uh, mixed with bad halves of seasons. Uh, but it's something different about him now. I think is le- he's less goofy. He seems more focused. Uh, he's not doing stupid stuff all the time. He's only got one doogie this year in 23 games. I figured he had at least five by now. And this is a contract year for him, or that's next year? Next year. Yeah, the uh, the baseball savant, other than barrel percentage and walk percentage, which he's never going to walk. I mean, he loves to swing. That's got to be four balls in the other batter's box for him to, for him to walk. Um, yeah, it's all red. Um, significant improvement. To a couple things that you said, uh, Luke, Duran is hitting 391. He's nine for 23, um, which I think has a lot to do with, I mean, he, he looks completely different at the plate. He's got his hands a lot lower. He's a lot quicker at the ball. He was behind on everything last year. And um, they're not letting that happen now. Uh, your Devers point, uh, Rafi leading the American League in home runs right now at eight, which is roughly a 55 home run pace. And your uh, comment about the offense, uh, the Red Sox have the third most runs in the league. The Yankees 20th, right mm-hmm. behind the San Francisco Giants. Which is like, if you asked me, would I rather have a top three offense or a top three pitching staff? If I had to choose one, I would probably take a top three pitching staff uh, just because I think it's uh, the, link, the Yankees are number two in ERA. <laughs> yeah. I, I just think that if you have really good pitchers, that's going to more times that you're going to squeak out enough runs. Um, you know, if you're winning two, nothing, three to one, one to nothing, four to two, you're winning a lot of games like that. Those are the kind of games you win in the post. Those are, those are playoff games go like that. So I think that's more of a sign of a team that can sustain a long run. Whereas offense, offensive explosions always have an expiration date. So, you know, in all fairness, but you know, who doesn't love watching a good offense? The Red Sox come 26th in ERA, uh, just behind the Cincinnati Reds. I would love to see how that would look if you take out Corey Kluber's starts. <laughs> That'd be pretty bad. I'm, I'm, not, I'm so pissed that he's one of the two starters I'm seeing this week. Sale and Kluber. Um, yeah, bottom five in ERA. It's Athletics, Rockies, Royals, White Sox, and Red Sox which uh, I and feel like, and that's ahead. after they've done, per, they've done well the last week, this twin series and the Brewers series, uh, except that one game against the twins that I can't remember who started that game. Um, but they've, they've held the opponents to, you know, they've held, they've held the opposition pretty well. Yeah. They are, uh, looks like 10th in reliever ERA. The Yankees are first actually um, speaking of, uh, that that bright side, 2.44 reliever ERA um, for the Yankees. Red Sox are 10th. I'm trying to pull up starters to see. Obviously, it's not that easy. And that's without a closer. Take out Kluber. Uh, the Yankees are 6th as starters, and the Red Sox are 29th. <laughs> so it's the A's at 30th with an 8.88 
ERA. They don't have a single starter with a win yet. Uh, and then it's a two run jump to a 6.61 starter ERA from the Red Sox. Wow. Sick. <laughs> and, and like you, you feel that though, like, you know, like I said, Bay on a really short leash. Whitlock, you know, supposed to be the second coming hasn't you know i mean he had that one start that looks fine but you know otherwise hasn't looked that great yet got shelled by milwaukee yesterday sale i mean we're all talking about um chris sales back it's only been one start you know um mm-hmm. he's, he's got to do well and stay strong baltimore lineup tomorrow and yeah kluber's just been junk <laughs> so it's it's been rough <laughs> it has been it's i mean things are looking up because of those good good starts from the guys returning but that's a that's a process look how long it took sale to have his really good start against the twins and who knows what's going to look like tomorrow against a really good offense in the orioles john three weeks into the season um i know you got some guys coming back we've been talking about those guys big starter um your leadoff guy coming back that's gonna bump your current leadoff guy to the nine hole but what what do you feel like is just not going to change and needs to be changed uh, about this team for it to stay competitive? Well, Pat, what, you're right. This is not going to change. It's the Yankees problem <laughs> year in and year out. It's injuries and Brian Cashman and his baseball nerds and how they just bungle and mishandle injuries and along those lines. Like we talked about this earlier. The Yankees, Harrison Bader, like, oh, well, we're going to take this really, really, really slow and make, drag him out. Oh, well, we're going to play, like, two innings at a time, get, like, one at bat or whatever. Like, why are you doing that? Like, that's not how – it just seems so stupid. Like, oh, we're going to be different than everybody else in the way we handle injuries. And, again, this, this is injuries. This is gonna, the injury bug really is the weakness on this team because you stand injured every single season, can't play a full season. Uh, Radon, we signed this guy knowing there were injury problem, history there and potential for more injuries. Severino is always on the DL. Uh, this team just can't keep guys healthy. And as long as that's going to be it, like, as long as you can't keep players on the field, it's just going to be a problem. And I don't – it's year in, it's year out. And it ha- at some point, again, like I blame Brian Cashman for everything, rightfully so. But like, why, what is going wrong? Like with, with this, your training staff. Um, I know judge has been like the one guy that kind of figured it out that did have some injury problems but managed to stay healthy the past couple of seasons. Uh, I know the Yankees like to take credit for that, but was it the Yankees or was it just Aaron judge figuring it out on his own? Because year in and year out, we see the same injury bug problem and we see injuries handled just, differently than everybody else i don't know right or wrong but definitely differently so it seems wrong um that's the yankees it brought weakness right now and it's who knows if they'll ever get fixed until they hire me as a general manager <laughs> those are all older guys though and you got rizzo in his back too you didn't mention that but those yeah, are thank all you, thank you for <laughs> i wasn't gonna let you miss that one yeah i mean those are all older guys so i don't think it's we we talked about this on the red sox show a couple weeks ago uh, so I can't remember who it was. So what's up with the training staff? And it's like, you know, the, the Boston Red Sox and New York Yankees have the best, I guarantee have the best doctors, the best, uh, the best PAs, the, the best nurses. If they, I don't know if they have any nurses on staff, the best trainers, the best everything. Like 
they know what they're doing. I don't think you can blame the training staff. It's just the grind of a, of a season and what baseball takes a toll, the toll baseball takes on a body. Look at how pitchers, everybody throws 96 now. So it should be no surprise that everyone, all every pitcher is having arm problems and it's just the nature of baseball and the Red Sox are, you know, last year slammed with injuries and this year already have gotten their share of injuries. It's just, it's just the nature of the beast. And unless you you're like the Rays and you're, you're, you're fielding teams with 26 year old, 23 to 26 year old guys, it's just, always going to happen no matter how many how you could change out the entire training staff every year i don't think the results would be any different but that's you know these guys aren't you say they're older guys but they're not that old john carlos Stanton is 33 it's the 60s with the yankees you've had injury problems since the beginning so these injury problems started when he was like 27 28 years old um you know, Anthony Rizzo, bad back at 33. So the Yankees, this is his third season with the Yankees. So they got him at 30 and he already had like back issues. Like, at what point, like, I, I just have a hard time believing that. Like, yeah, we talk about older players, but these guys aren't 37, 30. These aren't Justin Turner guys, right? These are still like early 30s and they shouldn't be having the same kind of problems they have. And yeah, pitching is different, obviously, because everyone's throwing in their 90s and you know, like you got your next door neighbor kids like throwing at 80 at 12 years old and the dad's already signing them up for Tommy John surgery, you know, <laughs> like it's, but like, so pitching is different, but yes, the Yankees injury problems, this is going back to a lot of these players and it's, it's been, and it's been time and time again for seasons, not even just this current team, the Yankees have injury bug year in and year out, and it's not always just the older players. But you're talking 33 years old as a guy in, in your 40s, and you're talking about players that have been playing major league seasons for 10 years or more. Like Rizzo Rizzo was pretty young when he came up with the Cubs. Stanton Was Stanton 22 when he was playing every day with the Marlins? Um, it's, I think it's, it's more a matter of miles rather than, than years. Luca, on the flip side, what do you see as just a problem for the Red Sox that's just not going to get better and, and needs to be tweaked? Um, well, I don't really. I, I you could say you could say injuries, like with the Red Sox, because that keeps happening. You know, so just like with the Yankees, um, you know, Duval goes down with his wrist. When he comes back, is it going to be? Is his wrist just going to be all weak? still and not do very well you know story you know we're looking forward to story coming back to play shortstop is that elbow gonna be gonna be gonna hold up after this jimmy rig surgery with the brace instead of the full-on tommy john um but their biggest weakness has been the starting pitching and i think that's going to get better um i mean you just gave the numbers for the starting pitchers uh chris sale and garrett whitlock have each had one great start and all their have each had one great start and all of their other starts have been average or poor, but it's on an upward trend. I feel like Whitlock's last start uh, on Friday or was it Saturday? It was Saturday. The game they lost um, wasn't great, but you know, four innings, five runs against a good team. That's in first place. You can see that Bayo on Sunday. I'm, 
I'm encouraged by that. It was pretty much the same exact start that Whitlock had on Saturday, but it's trending up. Like these guys weren't pitching in the major leagues two weeks ago, and now they're getting their footing. So it's uh, other than Kluber, who's been a waste and should be in the bullpen. Um, it's it's really been it's looking better, and you could look at the stat lines for each starting pitching. Uh, stat on an Excel spreadsheet, you look at each starting pitcher's start. If you looked started with game one and then going down, you definitely notice a striking trend uh, that it's looking better. And uh, that, but Tanner Houck has been the only one who has been solid the whole time. Um, but the thing is, it's you weren't expecting Tanner Houck to be solid uh, for his first five, six starts. So that's a good thing. Bayo and Whitlock and Sale seem to be trending in the right direction. That's a good thing. Nick Pavetta had a bad start and then didn't have another really bad start uh, on Friday. He did he did well in a win, so that's a good thing. So I don't think other other than injuries, I don't see a Red Sox issue that's not going to be fixed. Starting pitching is by far their biggest weakness right now, but it's not nearly as much of a weakness it was as it was a week ago, unless. That was all flash in the pan stuff. And it's just, and those guys that were coming back uh, from it, that are coming back from injuries, just regress right back. Uh, I think it's going to be more of a mixed bag um, until mid season or so Whitlock and Bayo and sale. They're going to have their good starts. They're going to have their bad starts, but as the season goes on, I think the good starts are going to outweigh the bad ones more and more. And by the all-star break, I think we're going to be looking at a team that is, uh, has the inside track on a playoff spot. All right. So we're going to, um, rapid fire these last two. Okay. So I want to ask each of you guys, your biggest surprise on the team so far and your biggest disappointment on the team so far. John, I'll start with you. Rapid fire, your biggest, most pleasant surprise on the Yankees. I guess Nestor Cortez showing <laughs> that he can do, he can follow up last season to this okay. season. I, don't, I wasn't expecting this. I'm trying to rack It was in the agenda. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, really. I saw. I, I pretend like I make these up on the spot, but I never do. No, I, I swear to you, I read the agenda. I just missed that one. I was right. You gotta, you've got to edit. Biggest You've got to edit that I, out. What you I'm just not said. Doing that. You've got to edit it out of the. <laughs> no, everybody knows the truth. I'm not. I'm not that good of an actor. Yeah, uh, I was ready for the other ones. Yeah. Um. Biggest <laughs> surprise. Sorry, guys. <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll let Luke go. Surprise that you think disappointment. You got. 30 seconds to think here. Although knowing Luke, you got four minutes to think here. <laughs> Luke, you're um, your most pleasant surprise on the Red Sox so far. I'm, I was hoping John would just say Volpe because he had a home run uh, Sunday. And I was just hoping I could say really, because how many parks would that have been a home run? In? Um, but my biggest pleasant surprise for the, for the Red Sox is uh, Josh. I didn't Lund. say anything and you just had to take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, let's just pretend John said this so I can make this comment. <laughs> um, my biggest pleasant surprise is Josh Winkowski. Um, uh, he's just, he's been killing it in middle relief and long relief at times. I expected him to do well this season, um, but I expected him to do well in kind of mop up detail or coming in in a sixth inning 
and you know holding you know holding a lead in a in a slugfest or uh, reducing the damage when the Red Sox are way down. I thought he would really show his worth when somebody got hurt as a starting pitcher, you know, coming in for spot starts or to fill in for some guy on the IL uh, for a few weeks. But he's just, he's been, he's been killing it. He's, he's got in um, 16 and a third innings, he's given up three earned runs, 11 hits, 15 strikeouts, four walks, a 1.65 ERA and a 0.918 whip in 16 and a third innings. Uh, He's been the best pitcher on the Red Sox entire pitching staff, other than Kenley Jansen. Um, Again, I, I was, I think he's going to be good, a good player. Uh, in the major leagues. I thought so before the season started too, but he's been so important, um, you know, saving the bullpen from these horrible starting pitching performances we've seen. And now with Chris Martin hurt, uh, he's been even more critical and he's really stepped up in a really big way. Uh, so, I mean, Josh Winkowski, Cutter Crawford's been a big, uh, positive as well i won't call him a surprise because i've been high on crawford since early last year but winkowski by far he's been great but since you got winkowski expecting him to be a starter is he can he really be like a surprise he it, it's kind of a disappointment at the same time as you thought you're gonna be <laughs> well he hasn't had any starts so he hasn't had any bad starts so i can't say it's it's been bad <laughs> I think isn't that a positive problem? You have too many starters, so you have to make some of them three inning guys. I know this Red Sox team has just got too many great starting pitchers right now. <laughs> it's it's rough. Uh, That's I'm why sure, we're twenty ninth in the league. I'm sure Cutter Crawford feel, uh, feels that way. Like, come on, guys! Really, I'm the one that gets punted. Um, John, your biggest disappointment so far? Stanton, John Carlos Stanton getting hurt again. Just he was raking. He looked so good, locked in, like it's something to prove. Thought, man, if this guy can stay healthy, it's going to be a big season from him. So naturally, he gets hurt, slowing down. He's running and slowing down and hurt his calf or whatever it was this time. So yeah, that's my disappointment. Another John curse because Stanton was feeling yep. good to John. He was feeling <laughs> real good to John. <laughs> he was. Um, Luke, your biggest disappointment? Christian Arroyo. Uh, I've been talking, I've been saying positive things about Christian Arroyo for two years. <laughs> I expect him to be a reliable bat, a reliable glove uh, at second base in the eight or nine hole this season. And it just hasn't worked out. That hot start in 2021, really, I didn't even know who he was. I had never heard of him before 2021. And he got off to a hot start in 2021 i was really high on him right away and he had a great second half last year um so i thought a healthy 2023 would really be his path to being an important part of the team and maybe being a guy that heim bloom's got to consider you know maybe he's worth a a two-year contract uh three-year contract as to be you know a second baseman and then you know a, a utility guy uh, he's one of those guys that just feels snake bit to me. Uh, he has talent, but he can't put the health and the performance together at the same time. And he's really never done that, uh, in his career. Is he injured right now? I don't even know. Cause I heard some, some mutterings about, he might be hurt. He might be going on the IL, uh, when the Red Sox made the move, I think when they made the move to, to bring up Yu Chang, 
Uh, people thought the corresponding move was putting Arroyo on the IL. Uh, that didn't happen. Um, anyway, uh, Arroyo, he's my first uh, DFA option. When Adam Duvall comes back or when Trevor Story comes back, he's hitting one eight, a slash line of 189, 218, 245, 463. No home runs, three RBIs, two walks, 13 strikeouts. I don't know how he got two walks. I haven't seen him take a pitch this year. I don't think he's swinging at sliders nine miles out of the strike zone. He just, he just looks like a mess. You're going to DFA Arroyo before Chang. Yeah. So, I like Chang. I so like Chang, Chang has had a good two weeks and he plays a really sharp shortstop. And even though he exists on this 40 man roster, to be cut when somebody else comes back you think he has earned a spot over arroyo no i take issue with that no chang has had a good four days he hasn't had a good two weeks (laughs) i mean he's been playing good defense for two weeks he's had had three good games i think that's it yeah (laughs) i just i don't know i the way I see him play defense, he can play. I feel like he can play all four infield positions if needed. And I, he doesn't have that freaking injury bug that Arroyo has. And it's just, I can't get excited about Arroyo because I just know an injury is right around the corner. And I hate guys who swing at everything. I really can't stand guys who can't take pitches. So just very quickly, because I'm bothered by this. Last year, Cheng plays for four different teams, four games for Cleveland, 18 games for Pittsburgh, 36 for Tampa Bay, and 11 for Boston. He's already at 15 for Boston this year. I would call him more of a model for Major League Baseball uniforms than I would a Major League Baseball player at this point. I don't find him that attractive. I don't think he's a teammate. (laughs) He's a bad teammate. Played for four teams in the same season. I mean, he he hit 25 home runs for five different teams that didn't want him for more than a year, then yes, you'd have a point, John. I mean, he is, he is the league bicycle. I mean, like he is just one of those guys <laughs> that, that just gets bounced around. I mean, like there are guys like that and he's one of them and this is his two months in Boston. And then he's going to go play for Seattle in July. He, probably he's Arroyo was my first DFA option. And he, I know he's out of options. So it would have to be DFA. Chang could probably be sent down. I think I'm not sure about that, but it's still like, if if you're going to get hurt all the time and if you're, you can't, and you got no plate discipline whatsoever, I got no use for you. I mean, at least Chang has delivered. He's, he's had some hard hit balls um, and he, he, he did really well in the WBC uh, just so I'm, that's still in my mind too. And I just, I just don't think, I think I've seen Arroyo's ceiling. His talent has a whole, a much higher ceiling than his body does. And I just think his body's going to continue to be tram and Chang. I just like, I like the way Chang plays defense. And I think he's got more defensive versatility than Arroyo does. And I don't think his body's going to break down like Arroyo's you need, you need, you need the 26th guy on your roster, I think should be able to play a lot of different positions and stay healthy all the time. Yeah, it's it's tough when you realize that Arroyo is going to be 28 in a month, and this should be the prime of his career. 
and he rides the bench right now because he's like kind of injured, kind of not injured. He swings at everything. He swings at everything. Yeah, that's a tough one. I think he, I agree. I think he's he's got a, a great, great talent, but he just, for whatever reason, his body or or whatever it is, just can't keep it all together. Um, all right, fellas, this is like our three week ish check in on the season so far, our 20 to 25 game check in. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap this one up? I want John's honest to God thoughts about Anthony Volpe, because I think the, the Volpe hype train has already dwarfed the Tristan Costas hype, hype train from the last couple of years. And, you know, Volpe's doing better than Casas right now. His average is what 200 and Casas is like 140 something, but just, and after that, that shallow fly ball that drifted out of Yankee stadium to right field, it was just Twitter just exploded. Like, Oh, the earth, the, the, the stadium shook. He's my, this is my guy, Anthony Volpe. He's, he's arrived. It was like, he, he, he popped a, a fly out out of Fen- out of Yankee stadium um, what to make it two to nothing in a game that Peralta blew five minutes later. I mean, just what, 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 what do you think about Anthony Volpe, John? I, how many, before I answer that, how many players have hit like a ball high in the air, like 260 feet that have gone over the green monster and Red Sox fans are going crazy for, right? Like ballparks are your ballparks. Like that, and you Red Sox have fans that benefited from that green monster more than anybody. Got it. I don't care what you think about the short board. Like, give it a rest. All right. That would have been a double at Fenway, not a home run. It would have, oh, it would have been, yeah, in right field. But if you hit that same distance in to left field, like that's in the street, Yawkey Street, where <laughs> it's a double off the wall in Fenway. That's a home, that dude, that ball is in the street, but whatever. Um, and what was the question, Anthony Volpe? <laughs> no, I mean, I think he's he's playing all right. Um, you know, he's not – I I don't think – I did. I personally didn't expect him to come up here and light the world on fire. He's playing like he belongs. Just had his first error today. So, I mean, he's really played pretty pretty good defense. Uh, he's made some good plays at shortstop. He gets on base. He can steal a base. He runs hard. And, you know, he's adjusting the major league pitching. He's one month into his career. He's hitting 200. So um, it, I'm glad to see he's got the opposite field power to hit home runs in Yankee Stadium. Uh, so that's going to be beneficial to his career. And, yeah, I mean, I think he looks like he's going to be a major leaguer. Um, there's certain the way he carried – like, God, I hate – I mean, I've talked about this. You don't want to compare him to Derek Jeter because that's not fair. But the, there's certain ways he just carries himself or, like, he plays where he just looks like – yeah, like this kid looks like he belongs. So – um, I don't know. I don't not saying we've got ourselves another 3000 hit all time shortstop, you know, like six all time and hits or anything here. Kind of what you just said. I think he'll be all right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do want to pull it on the hype train. I know people like that's a fair point as much, you know, broke clock is right twice a day, Luke. You know, when it comes to you talking about the Yankees. Yeah, you're, that's right. Like, the hype train does need to calm down. So he's not lighting the world on fire. He's more of a ninth hitter. You know, I know some people want him batting lead off. You know, he's too young. He doesn't belong there right now. Uh, but as a ninth hitter, playing good, good shortstop, good defensive shortstop, I'm happy with his production so far. I think he's got a lot of potential. 
Um, he just and he seems like he has the right head for it. But um, yeah, the hype train does need to slow a little bit on this guy. And I need to mention one more time just about the weekend Masataki Yoshida had, about the eighth inning that Masataki Yoshida had. Uh, was It's really incredible to see him, see his power stroke. Two bullets. The, the first home run in the eighth inning was, it felt like it got about 15 feet high, but it still made it out of, uh, uh, I, was, I almost said County Stadium, uh, which is where Milwaukee played when I was 12. Um, but out of that park, American Family Park, whatever it is, and that second one was a missile into the second deck. Um, he's a. Uh, we're just seeing the beginning of Masataki Yoshida. Uh, he's he's for real, and he's you know, call him Hideki Matsui if you want to. Say if like I feel like that's kind of where that's kind of what I'm expecting out of him, which is I mean which is a hell of a, a hell of an acquisition if that comes to fruition. All right, folks, I think we're going to wrap it up there. Um, we got the Yankee show coming out this Wednesday, Red Sox show this Friday. If you catch me at the, uh, either one of the Red Sox games on uh, Monday or Tuesday, yes, I do charge for autographs and I charge double for pictures, um, but it'll be cool to see um, some Bleacher Brawl fans out there. Um, anything we want to plug? I've got a review of draft day football movie draft day coming out tomorrow for the NFL draft this week. Um, I think John's got his, um, his, um, his favorite, his starting nine for his uh, favorite wrestlers coming in the next couple of days. Yeah. I, uh, I'm putting the finishing touches on that. So I thought it was scheduled for Friday, but if we need it done sooner, I'll have it done sooner folks. Oh, okay. All right. I heard. I heard, Okay. Never mind. Um, and uh, I'll have a Red Sox column up on Tuesday. Uh, it's probably going to be a lot of goods, a lot of praise for Masataki Yoshida and praise for myself for expecting big things from him. <laughs> what better way to edit, folks? Um, you know, all the places to find us Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, bleacherbrawls.com. You can find all, all those links. Uh, in the description of this episode, either uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, where you're rating us five stars and leaving us a nice review, or on YouTube, where you're subscribing and hitting the notification bell, wherever it is, we will see you guys uh, either on Wednesday for the Red Sox, or Wednesday for the Yankees show, Friday for the Red Sox show, or maybe both. Um, until then, we will see you guys next time. I'll be halfway up the green monster at Fenway. All right, folks, that's the latest episode of Bleacher Brawls. Thanks for tuning in, for rating us five stars, and leaving us a nice review. And don't forget to check us out on BleacherBrawls.com, on YouTube, and on Twitter.